0: hello readers welcome to another miniature episode of Storylogical, the
1: um, the post christmas diet edition
0: well well the the halfway out of the dark edition oh yes. Yeah. uh we are post solstice happy new year or almost new year or whatever time it is really time happy time who to can you? say who can say yeah whatever day it is where you are happy that day uh, last time we talked about Gremlins. So continuing in our Christmas-themed holiday episode, uh, we're going to talk about uh,
1: a Christmas Carol.
0: But not that Christmas Carol. It's ridiculous. We already talked about that in episode one with Sam J. Miller's story, oh, Angel yeah, Monster we Man. Totally did. Uh, no, we are going to talk about Doctor Who, the Doctor Who Christmas Carol. Uh, we're in Matt Smith, Doctor Time. Dr. Time. Yeah, Matt Smith, mm-hmm. Dr. Time. In this episode, Amy Pond, Amelia Pond, and Rory are on a honeymoon on a cruise ship, and they're crashing into this planet that is covered in fog. And it turns out there's an old man who has a machine that controls the sky, but he doesn't want to allow them to pass through the fog and land safely because he doesn't care because he's in Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge. Uh, And the doctor realizes that it is Christmas and he needs to change the heart of a miserly old man Mm. before midnight strikes. And he thinks, hmm, I feel like I've read a story like this before. (laughs) And surprisingly, it's British. (laughs) <laughs> it's a surprising amount of attention paid to the english owl. but i i particularly there's something endearing to me about yeah. not being british mm. watching a british show be obsessed with england in a way that watching an american show yeah, be obsessed yeah, yeah, with america true. wouldn't feel the same way um
1: so the show takes the premise of uh a christmas carol and you know The Doctor shows this guy who is acted by uh, Michael Gambon. What's his name in the show?
0: Oh, um, Kazrin Sardik. Kazrin Sardik. That's a good name.
1: So he decides that he will take Sardik and show him past, present and future in an effort to try and change who he is inside. And the way that he chooses to do this is to go back in time and introduce the young Kazran Sardik to a very lovely lady who <laughs> doesn't
0: do that all. You mean he doesn't introduce her on purpose. <laughs>
1: really? Don't they? How do they end up taking her out of the ice? I forget. Um, oh, because, because of the shark, because of the shark, oh, which yeah, is yeah, something yeah. I want to talk
0: about. God, the, in the fog, there's all these fish, including sharks. And then the doctor wants to show the, the young Catherine a fish and it he accidentally a shark comes. Yeah. Uh, and what I love is the, ultimately the doctor stuns the shark to, to get them free, but it's a shark. And I don't know, according to the way sharks work, they have to be in their natural habitat or they die, you know, so it's not in the fog. So it's going to die. And so, yeah, they go to get to the place where they keep the people on ice. Kazrin, Kazrin started keeping people on ice mm-hmm. as security for loans. He, he's hoarding people. <laughs> And I I love that the show cares about the shark in the same way that the Doctor cares about all the people on the yeah. ship. And that, that um, I wrote down, there's <laughs> like my three things that I love in Doctor Who. Mad wonder, tender romance, and radical hope. But there's another thing, which is a kind of mad empathy, that like the Doctor cares about people and monsters and things that he isn't supposed to care about to a degree that often gets him into trouble.
1: Yeah. And so Catherine knows that one of the people who is held on ice has this beautiful voice that can uh, calm the fish. And so they let her out. And it turns out that it's Welsh opera singer, whatever her face is.
0: Catherine, what's her name? Yeah. That's her. That's, that's a Welsh name. It's a traditional Welsh name. Catherine, what's her name? Catherine, what's her name?
1: And so you have this very beautiful moment where a chase scene ends in this young lady sitting in the fog in a basement stroking a shark as it kind of nuzzles against her looking ever so much less dangerous than it had 45 seconds ago and it's one of those moments in doctor who that makes it perfect for me the kind of juxtaposition of this is kind of silly you've got a shark in an ice fog in a basement in a madman's castle right there is nobody who's taking that seriously And yeah, it's also this incredibly touching, empathetic moment where, like you said, the only reason they're there is because the doctor cares about the shark. And the only reason she's doing it is because she's this um, kind of warm, empathetic character as well. And it's like everybody, the currency of this episode in particular is empathy, right? Because Sardik won't empathize with other people because, of course, his father could never express generosity or empathy towards him.
0: No, no. In fact, I would say the currency of Doctor Who, at least the Doctor Who that I came to love with in it, is, is almost always empathy. That, that all of the, the, the monsters that really stick with people, the Daleks and their ilk, the Cybermen, just anything, they're almost all mechanical. And the thing that makes them mechanical is that they, they, have, they have no ability to relate.
1: Mm-hmm. This is probably a perfect moment to yes. recommend the Russell T. Davis book, A Writer's Tale. Uh, which he wrote in email exchange with uh, a journalist. And it talks a lot about his development process and the writing mm. of the, the first few seasons of the reboot of Doctor Who. And yeah. it is incredible and inspiring and just cracks open his process and the way he thinks about writing in a way that makes it so accessible.
0: Yeah, unless you know you're somebody that can't empathize with someone who drinks a lot and procrastinates all the time. And it feels like at any moment he's lost all ability to even do anything, um, but then picks it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, silliness. So there's a line in 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 the in the episode where the Doctor is showing home movies of the young Kazran's life to the older Kazran. so that the older Kazran can watch as the Doctor changes his past uh, and. It's just a tiny line where in describing how he's made the home movie happen, he says it involved some quantum unfolding and a paperclip, which occasionally when I've talked to people is a kind of, I use the word shibboleth a lot. I like it. A kind of shibboleth is like, if that bugs you that they've thrown in science words with a a paperclip, um, then it will be difficult. Uh which is too bad. Cause yeah, you're right. Like you can you can imagine the things in it as silly. Which is too bad because the, the silliness feels like, and in, in most of the best of Doctor Who, uh is not that far away from madness and horror, right? Because the whole thing, like Gremlin's horror movies, they are silly. Like, why is this guy in a hockey mask just why has he decided to go and brutally murder people endlessly and why won't he die that's ridiculous and that's part of what makes it so scary is it's beyond our comprehension and the the moments that are best in Doctor Who often combine those two things where something seems silly and also incomprehensible and there's almost a terrifying beauty to it um, and sometimes a terrifying sadness, sometimes a terrifying joy, because it's unhinged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And something that caps this episode so beautifully for me is that it takes the structure of A Christmas Carol and it delivers it, absolutely. But it delivers the final part of it in a way that you, I certainly didn't see coming. Because, you know, he tells Sardik that he's going to show him past, present, and future. And Sardik says to him, okay, fine, do it. You can show me the future, but nothing will change my mind because I don't care. And then... Because everyone dies. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor's like, I'm already showing you the future. And he steps back and he's showing the young Sardik what the old Sardik has become. And it's this perfect kind of loop that is incredibly satisfying and incredibly right for the story and it makes you it gives you that kind of rush there should be a name for that kind of rush that you get when a story lands that kind of um inevitable but but unexpected thing you're pointing it yeah, out. i wrote it down what is the name for it?
0: uh Edgar Allan poe called it a uh, single effect he, he, he had a theory of a short story that it should all build to a single effect And it's amazing that you said that because what you're describing is exactly what the best Doctor Who feels like to me. It's why when I was thinking about it for the podcast, I was like, it does work in a way I love in well any story, but in particular short stories, which is the feeling of all of time of a character's life compressed into a single moment. Mm. And Moffat in particular, when he is on his game, that is what he loves to do most. He loves to make a Doctor Who episode in which an entire lifetime occurs in a moment that compressed time is something that we that people celebrate in short stories and, and written and dr who throws it out there you know once or twice a year in a tv show just
1: yeah. poo, poo, poo. the deadly rush
0: thanks for listening readers uh that has been a storylogical mini episode we hope you're enjoying our weird experiments that we're doing with form. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not talking about short stories exactly.
1: Yeah, we gave ourselves a lot of latitude. It's,
0: yeah, we've it's just latitudinal, we're latitudinal folk. We'll be uh, back
1: Um, with the next series in the middle of February.
0: Uh, if you haven't listened to every single one of our episodes, they're all at storylogical.com slash wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter, it's storylogical, which we're not going to spell over the holidays. We don't get time for that. Uh, Emma's on Twitter. She's at ichikosh,
1: and he's on Twitter at kubals. Thanks for listening.
0: Happy holidays.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out one phrase to you. I don't know where we'll put it, but I wanted to tell you anyway. Which is, when I was thinking about the doctor's radical hope and silliness and stuff, that it occurred to me that he is almost sometimes a monster of hope. He almost sometimes he believes. Um, They, let's say, they believe so much that they can get out of anything that it almost is, uh, it is also scary.